listening to the Living Room North Living Room North Living Room North podcast. Hey, uh, if we haven't met, my name is Ryan, and I have the privilege of being on the team uh, that that serves and creates the Living Room on a weekend. Uh, week out basis. And uh, I've been looking forward to uh, this series uh, for a while because I really believe in the content that we'll talk about tonight. Uh, But also, I personally have experienced a number of different seasons on the struggle bus. In fact, truthfully, uh, I kind of consider myself still on a struggle bus in some regard. And, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what we think the struggle bus is, uh, but it doesn't take a you know, rocket science to figure out. It's just, uh, again, a season of, of depletion, of just kind of feeling tired. And honestly, a little bit my life the last uh, few weeks, and Ellen, my, my bride's back there, she could tell you the same thing. It's been bananas. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Ellen was going to go have surgery um, on a Thursday, right, honey? It was on a Thursday. And uh, that had been on the calendar for a while. And so, um, this is crazy, that Saturday before we get a text message, I'll spare you some of the details, but we would find ourselves on Saturday, the Saturday before, at a friend's house who's moving, and then Ellen and I would kind of have a side conversation and be like, I I think we want to buy this house. We'd kind of been thinking about, praying through, should we be moving, and we felt like, oh, this is it, and so we, we put an offer on the house a few days later. They accepted, I think, on that Tuesday, and then a few days later, again, is when she's supposed to have surgery and be out of commission for a few days. So that's crazy. Again, I don't know your experience with buying or selling a house or what you've experienced, maybe with a family member buying or selling a house, but it's cray-cray. Tons of detail, tons of paperwork. It's like, hey, can you send us copies of your checking account? Can you give us your blood type? Could you submit a urine sample? It's, I'm just kidding, it is crazy. So things just started for me, again, physically getting a little out of sorts. So uh, we're all trending in the right direction to, to have Ellen uh, in the surgery. Routine sinus surgery. Carter, one of our children, uh, gets sick, gets a temperature of like 101 point something on Wednesday. And so then that kind of changes some things too, because I want to be with my, with my bride when she's having surgery, when she's coming out. I want to I be her main caregiver, but she's like, actually, you need to stay home and be with Carter Okay, because he can't go to school. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. And so we're, 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 all this stuff is swirling. Okay, I think, I think we're moving. So now it means we're going to have to sell our house. And so, and Carter's got a temperature. Does he have the, you know, the vid? And then Ellen, is her surgery going to go well? And so all of these things are going on with me physically and mentally. I'm now the caregiver, you know, uh, which I don't mind at all. Ellen was an incredible patient. Most of the time, she was an incredible patient. Uh, all the time, but then Carter is sick, and then you got, just got to get our kids everywhere, and so there's all sorts of stuff going on, and then uh, just to just, I don't know, just to kind of add to some things, uh, we had a sweet extended family member uh, get, get diagnosed, unfortunately, with a brain tumor, and then a really close family member um, uh, who has a history of addiction uh, relapsed, and and all of this just starts to hit me and, and us as well as a family. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I just, I, I just was so tired. I couldn't think. Things were just out of rhythm. And it really took a toll on me. And I, I started to feel tired. And, and sure, I would attempt uh, to kind of sleep a little bit more. That wouldn't really help. Uh, sometimes I would take, you know, uh, unplanned naps, which I think are the best naps, right? 
you know, just the unexpected, you wake up, you're like, I soaked the pillow with all the drool. I didn't even know this was going to happen. I would try to kind of like, maybe I might go to bed a little bit early, uh, but I just felt out of rhythm. Something wasn't really right, and it was weird, and it was, I just slowly started realizing that I was experiencing a fatigue that was actually more than anything physical. And it was kind of the fatigue that no matter how much I slept or how much uh, coffee I drank or how much Mountain Dew I downed uh, or, don't judge me, or again, how much like some extracurricular thing that I love, like golf, nothing like that was actually going to help. And so I found myself on the struggle bus. And here's the thing, I know you can relate. Anybody just feel like they're on the struggle bus right now? Okay. Anybody uh, feel like, oh, I might be heading to get on the struggle bus here in a little bit as the semester kind of goes on? Yeah, for a lot of you, you probably feel like you spend a lot of time on the struggle bus, maybe even in your own car. Some of you are like, yeah, I would apply actually for the, the main position of being the good old bus driver because I don't just, I'm not in the struggle bus, I'm driving that mother. Am I right? <laughs> but here's the thing, when when you're on the struggle bus and when I'm on the struggle bus, it just, it gets a little, it gets a little wacky. Things get out of sync. You can sense it and you, you can feel it, but, but something just isn't right. And it doesn't matter sometimes all the amount of sleep that you would have or all the amount of caffeine that you would consume. Nothing will fix it. And so you kind of get out of rhythm. It kind of feels like <laughs> it just is off. Like, a, like an old white guy trying to stay on beat, right? I can say, I, I, it's just off, all right? That's what it feels sometimes. And, and, and I've experienced the struggle bus, uh, again, for I would say uh, off and on, you know, for a number of years, but recently really being in and on the struggle bus. But here's the thing that I've realized. Over the past through, uh, past kind of, I would say, two weeks or so, I'm learning that my struggles actually have a correlation uh, to my soul. My struggles, in some crazy, weird way or fashion, as I'm learning, is related to my soul. And your soul, as I understand it, and I've kind of uh, listened to some things, read some things, it, it includes your body, right? You, some of you are like, yeah, yeah, I know this. But actually, the soul uh, is encompassed of, of three main things. In fact, it's your, it's your body, your mind, and your will. So these three things actually kind of make up your soul. And here's the thing, before you think I get a little, you know, kind of crazy thinking like, how can you really talk about like my soul and your soul, right? How can you really talk about like my soul being tired? Well, there's actually a ton of research, a ton of scientific research about this very fact that the idea of fatigue does go and just goes far above the actual physical fatigue. One of the psychologists that I came across when I was kind of prepping for this uh, is a guy named Roy Baumeister. Great name. Roy Baumeister, professor at Florida State University, and he actually coined this fascinating term called ego depletion. Everybody say ego depletion. Ego depletion, which describes a level of fatigue that goes, again, beyond physical tiredness. 
And his research shows a couple things that, that I want to read. His research is people living in this depleted condition report more tiredness and negative emotion. When people are experiencing kind of like a depletion, uh, they can watch a sad movie and they end up becoming a little bit more sad after. When those are experiencing this kind of fatigue, when facing temptation, depleted people are more likely to give in. When facing challenges at at work or in school, uh, or you find like a difficult assignment, depleted people end up finding themselves kind of submitting a lackluster, a low quality of work. And this one I found fascinating. The little nerd in me loved this. The brain area that's crucial for self-control, the anterior cingulate cortex, you're welcome, actually experiences a slowdown in depleted people, and they, as a result, have less self-control and might do things they wouldn't normally do. And I think college, college is a crazy time. Your college age years, you're pulled in so many different directions and having to do all sorts of different things. And in fact, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about that next week. But there is this fatigue that I believe goes a whole lot more deeper than actually our physical fatigue. And it takes us out of rhythm so much that, that you can feel it, but you can't really put your finger on it sometimes. And, and I am learning and I believe that it's actually your soul your body, your mind, and your will getting tired. Now, some of these things, it's, again, you're going to be like, yeah, I kind of know this, but it, it bears to be re- repeated. Our bodies get tired. Wow. Brain buster. Okay, your bodies get tired. Like when you stay up, letting, uh, stay up studying for an exam, right? And then you get up and then you take the exam, and instead of actually resting, you get called to go do something else, maybe an intramural sport or something, and next thing you know, you're just, again, you're just, your body is tired, I was talking to a buddy of mine who uh, may or may not be in this room, and recently uh, his girlfriend was like, hey, I got a fun day for us. Uh, we're going to go to the outlets, and we're going to just, you're, well, I'm going to shop, and you're going to just be with me, cool? And he's like, yes, yes, I'm a good boyfriend. I'm going to do that. And she shopped her brains out. And then for hours later, he finally gets home, and he was like, the only thing that I wanted to do, I just wanted to just not do anything, and I just wanted to veg out on a game or get on my Xbox. Again, again, running a marathon or, or shopping with your girlfriend, sometimes that happens, all right? When some of you, I remember when I was like this way uh, in college, like I played every intramural sport that was offered, okay? And part of the reason I had some serious FOMO, Okay, because I had friends that are doing the same, and if I didn't play or I felt like, oh, that was so cool, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to miss out on that. And some of you are the same way, like, hey, this is my college-age years. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to go to every single thing on campus or off because I don't want to miss out. Our bodies grow tired. Your minds grow tired because, again, you guys are in certain situations where you're just bombarded by all sorts of information and notes. And again, these, this digital age we're in, all of us, your, your minds are kind of crazy tired because of the amount of screens that we're on. Your phone is always blowing up, texts, emails. You're browsing a million different sites on social all the time. Our minds grow tired when we have all sorts of to-do lists that we can't even feel like we can kind of live up to or or check everything off. 
So our bodies get tired, our minds grow tired, and, and our wills uh, grow tired as well. Our wills grow tired. Uh, I was just trying to think of something that's funny. I'm like, uh, I, I feel like sometimes our, our will can get depleted when we're trying so hard to figure out what to wear. Uh, when I, again, was your age, I cared a lot about uh, what I looked like because I really needed to just dress to the nines to even have one lady even humor me, okay? And so I, I cared about, oh my gosh, what am I going to wear here? What am I going to wear there? And for some of you, that's like kind of, you're, you're thinking about that so much, that depletes a little bit of your will. When you're trying to figure out, hey, what do I do with my time? Where do I spend my time? Who do I hang out with? What do I do with my like, little sliver of free time? Hey, what am I doing with my future? Hey, where should I eat today? What should I order at Starbucks? What, what like major should I do? Hey, when, when is going to, what's gonna, my internship going to be in the summer? Again, our wills can get tired. So our bodies grow tired, our minds grow tired, our wills grow weary, and the culmination of all of that, I believe, results in a tired soul, a seat on the struggle bus. And anyone who's busy in danger, and anyone who's really busy, again, when their life is really susceptible to this idea of what is called soul-fatigued. And in the world that we live in, you know this, we're, we're always busy. I mean, if you're in college, in your college age years, you know, you're, you're in class or you're also working and you're hanging out and you're part of a club, or so maybe you're part of the Greek scene or whatever student organization, you're always and absolutely busy. But busy isn't necessarily bad, though. Busy is just having a full schedule. But one of the things that marked me in this book that I read not too long ago by a guy named John Ortberg, it's called Soul Keeping. He says this, he says that busyness is an outward condition, which made me think like, okay, if that's the case, then you, you can take a break of kind of your, again, your, your physical stuff, right? You can, you can stop doing work. Hey, I'm going to stop work for a second, and I'm going to go work out. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop studying for a second, and I'm going to binge a little bit on Netflix. I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing right now, and I'm just going to go, go crazy on YouTube. Whatever it is, you can, you can stop. But what I continually to learn is that when busyness goes unchecked, it will slowly squeeze out the things that we actually would define as the most important things in our life. For those of you who are followers of Jesus in the room, when busyness goes unchecked, I believe, and I've seen it personally, that my relationship or your relationship or your time with God gets squeezed out when it doesn't go checked. And so when it does go unchecked, I think busyness morphs into hurriedness. Some of you might uh, have read or listened to a guy named John Mark Comer. He uh, recently uh, released a book um, called Ruthlessly Eliminating Hurry. Funny enough, John Mark Comer's mentor was the guy that I was even speaking to about earlier who wrote the uh, book Soul Keeping. Cute little connection. Uh, and so Anyways, this idea of hurry is a big thing. He talks about hurry is the enemy. Hurry is constantly being preoccupied, unable to be present, always feeling spiritually drained. And while busyness is an outward kind of condition, hurriedness is an inner condition of the soul. And what these, these guys and some of the things that I am learning, especially in my season of the struggle bus, 
is that when unchecked busyness morphs into uncontrollable hurriedness, your soul gets tired. When unchecked busyness morphs into uncontrollable hurriedness, your soul gets tired. And one of the crazy challenges, I think, with uh, soul fatigue, it's not like physical fatigue, because when you have physical fatigue, there are obvious indicators, right? I mean, when you go run a marathon, not that I ever have or ever will, because it's, yeah, uh, but when you run, you know, you obviously your body's tired, right? You're physically exhausted when that happens. It's kind of like an indicator of your gas gauge in your car, right? When you're running out of fuel, you'll know exactly when you're supposed to fill up. Uh, I drive a, a, a truck. It's got one of those gauges where it's digital, so it'll tell me, hey, you've got like, you know, 134 miles until empty. Anybody else got that? Yeah, okay, all right, can't hide money. So uh, it's pretty, it's super helpful, but sometimes, I mean, honestly, sometimes I kind of am curious to see it kind of creep down into the single digits, because as a 43-year-old, that's how I live on the wild side. <laughs> but that's an, obviously, that's an indicator. And we have a lot of those for our physical, uh, physical fatigue, but for our soul fatigue, it's not as obvious. It's super more subtle. It doesn't have an obvious gauge. And so if you're curious and you think, oh, maybe I'm experiencing some soul fatigue, uh, well, here's the thing. Your soul might be tired if, let's see if these apply to you, uh, things seem to bother you more than they probably should. Uh, it's hard to make up your mind with even the most basic and simple decisions. You might be tired if impulses and cravings and temptations are actually harder to resist. And maybe you start to favor short-term decisions that might lead to long-term regret. Some of you in, in some of my studying is like, hey, if you, if you start to feel maybe a little less courage, you start to kind of shrink back, your soul might be tired. I don't know who said it, but I like the phrase, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And I think that's true. For some of you, if you're having a hard time connecting with your heavenly father, if you're having a hard time spending or cultivating your relationship with Jesus, if you're having a hard time kind of hanging out or feeling like I can't live up to some type of standard, then your soul might be tired. And I believe that your soul craves rest and that our souls were made to rest in God. And the busier that you and I become, the more we live in a hurry, which the more uh, susceptible we are to squeezing out the things that are most important to us. And for some of you, that might be God. And the more out of rhythm we get, the more fatigued our soul becomes. And what I love about Jesus and what we're going to see in just a few minutes is that he understood this. He knew and he watched culture uh, and believed that we would always trend towards busyness or hurriedness. He always knew that you and I and humanity would struggle with this. And so here's the thing. Uh, when in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of soul fatigue, Jesus actually offers an invitation that we're going to look at in the Gospel of Matthew tonight. And I know sometimes people might say on stages like this, hey, this is my favorite verse. Hey, this is one of my favorite things. And sometimes that's true. Okay. 
But I promise you, what I'm about to share through the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 11, it is quite honestly one of my favorite pieces of New Testament text because of how life-giving it has been for me and my journey. And so this is what Jesus says in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Folks, a lot of you raised your hand that you're on the struggle bus. Some of you (laughs) did not raise your hand because you're introverted. Some of you didn't raise your hand because you're having an issue with your deodorant. I don't know what (laughs) or why your hands didn't go up or down, but I do know this, that this is a phenomenal invitation. Jesus says, come to me, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I would imagine some of you are weary over different things, right? I'm weary about all this work that I have to do. I'm a little pissed that I have to actually have a job to make some income, to make my way through college. I know for some of you, you're like me, and you had to have multiple jobs, and you're weary about all the things that come with the reality of working and making a wage and paying for bills. Some of you are really weary about that. Some of you are weary just about, again, school and what is going on and will I finish well and will I hit this grade and will I pass this exam? And because if I don't, it's gonna jack up my GPA, which then will kind of take me out of X, Y, and Z. And so you're weary about school and I'm sure a number of other things going on in life. Some of you might be, again, carrying heavy burdens right now. It could be specific to a certain type of sin, where something in your life, intentionally or unintentionally, you made a decision to kind of say, hey, I, I kind of think what's best in the moment, or, or something happened that kind of missed the mark of what God would say is, is his best or his, his best for you, and you're, you're carrying that burden of a decision that you made or something, again, happened to you. Maybe that's burdensome in your life. Some of you are carrying the burden that you're, you're striving so hard to be good enough I'm striving so hard that I've got to be good enough for my parents, good enough for mom or good enough for dad or good enough for my significant other. And some of you who have a relationship with God, you might say, maybe you might admit that the burden that you are carrying right now is that you don't feel good enough. You're striving over and over to feel good enough for God. And some of you might be carrying a burden of insecurity, which that's part of my story. I'll probably be carrying that on and off for for my entire life, allowing situations and circumstances that forces you to act out of character. You see, weariness and being burdened is not describing a mere physical condition. It's a soul condition. And your soul is fatigued, Jesus says. And what it is, he's inviting all of us. Hey, you can come to me. You can come to me to find rest. And this idea of rest is directly connected to restoration. Jesus wants to restore what has been depleted by all of our striving and all of our busyness and our hurriedness in life. And Jesus invites you and me to find rest, to be restored, to find life again, to find and get back into rhythm. I think it's a phenomenal invitation. He facts, in fact, he makes another invitation in the next two verses. Jesus says, hey, 
I invite you, hey, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. There it is again. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word yoke here uh, represents kind of two images, and I, and I think Jesus is, is referencing uh, two of these images. And here's the thing. Uh, I do know in today's culture, some, some of you in the room, maybe you're CrossFitters, you're, you're muscle machines, when you hear yoke, you're like, oh yeah, that's so yoked. He's so yoked. That's, that's not what is being talked about here. Uh, one of the things is uh, yoke meaning the law. Okay, the law. See, G- Jewish rabbis back then, especially as we read um, in both the Old and New Testaments, they would de- describe the law as, as a burden sometimes, really, really heavy, hard to follow, strict demands, very detailed, and it was hard. But then we would learn that Jesus would come along, and he would come alone, and he would come to fulfill the law. He came to perfect and fulfill this law that you and I could never actually do. And because Jesus fulfilled it, that you and I no longer have to bear the burden of that yoke, which is amazing because of the grace that's offered through our Heavenly Father, through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. So I think he's talking about that yoke, but he's also talking about it for the yoke that's actually used for animals, which I would bet some of you have probably heard that. And we, I'm going to put a picture up here. This is kind of what is the, is the yoke used for animals. And, and what they would do is that they would find two donkeys or two oxen, and they'd strap this bad boy on them so they kind of work and, and teal the, the, the garden or the fields together. But another thing that I found to be fascinating is a lot of times, um, kind of during this, uh, during this period, they would actually find a bigger ox and pair them with a smaller ox. They would find a bigger, older, wiser, more experienced ox and yoke it to a smaller, uh, weaker, less experienced ox so that when that lesser ox, that weaker ox, would find its way into some trouble, the older ox would kind of help him through and push him through that weakness because it couldn't do it on its own. And basically what Jesus is inviting us to, he's inviting us in and he wants to take you and me, the weaker ones, the fatigued ones, to walk with him to teach us and to give us our rhythm back. And as we uh, get close to just to the end of tonight, I want to share um, a translation of, again, uh, some of my favorite verses in all of the New Testament. And it's the message translation of these same verses. And if you've never heard of the message, uh, it's basically a paraphrase of the Bible in modern-day language. And again, this is just a different way of saying it, But it is my favorite translation of these verses. Jesus is asking you and me, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I love that phrase, the unforced rhythms of grace. And I've mentioned the term rhythm uh, a lot, and one of the definitions that I like is, hey, a strong, regular, recurring motion or movement. 
And our life needs regular recurring motion. And that's how we're wired as humans. We got to. We need the routine. We need the rhythm. You see, soul fatigue robs us of our groove. It robs us of any type of rhythm because our soul is fatigued. And when that happens, we are disconnected from the rhythm maker. We are not yoked to the one, Jesus, who can actually take us, invite us, and walk with us at a sustainable pace. Jesus wants to help us get our rhythm back when we find ourselves on the struggle bus. And what I love about uh, something that the Hebrew writer said is that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which gives me hope because Jesus is, I believe, the only constant that we can always count on. And if that's the case, he's the only constant rhythm maker. He sets the pace. And if this is true, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he invites you and he invites me into a relationship where he basically wants to say, hey, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Jesus is inviting you and me, hey, just walk with me. Follow me. Work with me. And watch how I do it. Watch how I find rest in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. You see, your soul is at its best when you come to Jesus for rest. Your soul is at its best when you come to Jesus for rest. And I gotta be honest, I forget this all the time. There are times and seasons where I'm like, you know what, I kind of deserve a breather. I feel like I'm physically tired or I'm mentally tired. And I'm just like, hey, I just need to check out. You know what I really need? You know what's really gonna give me uh, rest? I'm just gonna, again, I'm gonna binge Ted Lasso, which again, phenomenal show, all right? But I think, oh, if I just watch a couple of different episodes, I will feel better. Or you know what, I'm just gonna kind of watch some silly YouTube videos. And sometimes when I do that, maybe at night, and I wake up the next morning and I'm like, well, hold on a second, I don't, I don't really feel refreshed. I still experience a little fatigue. And like we said on the front end, soul rest is far more than just physical rest. Because the idea of resting your soul is actually more about what you know and believe to be true about Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to end with a challenge. I would love for each of you in this room to consider, to consider spending five minutes in solitude this week. And I'm going to call it the five-minute challenge. Okay, five-minute challenge from this Wednesday to next, all right, just a week, and to find five minutes a day, five minutes a day where you can sit and find this solitude. Turn off your phones, but can I just, can I just turn it on silent because of whatever? I mean, you do you, but I would, I would invite you, hey, turn off your phones, sit in solitude, silence, whatever you can do just to kind of think about nothing that it's bringing again all of these mental thoughts to you, all of these mental struggles to you, the things that are stressing you out. And if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm gonna invite you in those five-minute challenges to rest in what Jesus has done for you and on your behalf. Rest in the fact that Jesus has invited you into a relationship with you. 
rest and just focus on him and not what's going on in that class or in that relationship or in that kind of hard mess that you're experiencing. And let your soul find rest. Because again, what I'm currently experiencing in my struggle bus or on my struggle bus is that your soul and my soul is at its best, not at 10 o'clock at night on YouTube for an hour, not necessarily for an hour and a half on the golf course. Your nice soul is at its best when you come to Jesus for rest. 